Tim, isn't it amazing? When Michigan can keep this game to a 19-foot, 9-inch game inside that three-point line, it's all there. Nice move by Steve Fisher here. Turn it into the 19-9 game. Welcome to the HBS 99 podcast. I am here with a special guest who just popped in out of nowhere. I uh, extended an offer for him to come down here, and honest to God, did not think he would take me up on it. Uh, but here we sit with the one and only great Dan Woods, by far the greatest member of the Woods family. Um, uh, apologies, to Deb. <laughs> apologies to Deb. Apologies to Deb. So we've been trying to get Dan down here for a while, and tonight just kind of worked. Um, Aaron, I gave Aaron the night off. He, uh, he's working on a podcast with Joe for, uh, the NBA All-Star game. And so I just text Dan. I said, come down here. Let's do, let's do a goddamn pod together, man. We, we need it. So welcome, Dan. I'm excited. I've actually been looking forward to this forever. I, I can't even take you serious. I'm gonna have to look at the mic instead of looking at you. This thing's never gonna work. So we were, we were, uh, off, off mic here and we were talking like, okay, well, what the hell are we going to talk about? So what the hell are we going to talk about down here? What do the, you want to talk about, The Dan? greatest basketball, college basketball programs in the country. And it goes back to, like, we talk about how, like, the, I think the top three, regardless of time, you can look back, Kansas, Carolina, Kentucky, never go away. Regardless what coach, there's been multiple coaches at Carolina win, multiple coaches at Kentucky win, multiple coaches at Kansas win, over 50-year period of time, those have been the true three blue buds of the sport. Yeah, so we were talking a little bit before we got started just as, as he uh, got down here to to uh, HQ and was looking around. And we figured out we have a lot of the same thoughts on uh, who these blue bloods are and why they are blue bloods. And we also had some similar thoughts on, on coaching and stuff. So you wanted to dive right in with that stuff. Let's just go one by one. Slow down over there, man. You can't you can't give give it. It's, it's a slow bleed. Here. But I don't know which one's one, or which one's two or three. Right. Okay. So can we can we can we start? So I was telling you this is tough for me because I got to be the moderator here because yeah. you obviously have no idea what the hell you're doing sitting over there, which is normally me. Like they, you're normally me, where I'm like, no, I have no idea what we're talking about. Just, Just make tell, it work. Tell me something in in uh, stuff. So so let's let's dispel the UCLA myth first and foremost. Ooh, this is funny because we haven't talked about this. No, we haven't. We haven't. And, and and let me preface it. Let me preface it before I give you some time. Yeah. U- UCLA. Is a top five ish, ten ish program, right? And yes. I, I, like from the ninety nine standpoint of things, I would absolutely love to have UCLA as a licensee. Uh, John Wooden and the the pyramid and and all of the the good stuff that goes with UCLA. But how much has changed over time? In, in the Jim Herrick, the ninety five Bruins. I think you can look down there. I have there you go. Wizards, Wizards again, and is their highlight VHS tape that we're looking at right now. <laughs> Love that team. Loved uh, Tyus Edney, Cameron Dollar, Toby Bailey, the O'Bannon brothers. Yeah. Like, those teams were great. And I loved some of those older UCLA teams with Jaron Rush and all those guys, too. Those, those teams were awesome. I loved all of them. That's before my time. Because yeah, I'm at 85. Yeah. You're a little younger. But but Jaron Rush wasn't before your time. That was That's, that's like nine, that's like 98. 
97, 98, somewhere in there. The old Bannons are... 95. With, like, the guys I remember wearing baggy T-shirts under yeah. their jerseys. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But here, here's here's my only problem with UCLA, and problem's probably the wrong word. My, my only thing with UCLA and why I wanted to bring them up first is everybody gets hung up on the 10 national titles, right? It, but it's it's fake. It's not real because John Wooden was fishing with dynamite when no one else was back in the day. So, like, <laughs> that's the difference. Like, it's well known that they were paying people. And, like, guys were staying there averaging, like, 40 points a game. Yeah, but, but okay, so here's my thing. I know you and I don't have a problem with paying guys. Not at all. Bagman my team. So, so take that argument out of it. Who gives a shit? That's true. UCLA is such a that, hard one. That's not my problem with UCLA at all. It's not my problem with UCLA what is at it? all. The, prob- the problem with UCLA is every time I tune into a game that's at Poly Pavilion, there's no buzz. There's like no hype. Like, it, 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 so here, here's, here's the Indiana boy in me. Right. Here's the Indiana boy in me. I don't think people in LA care about basketball. For In my argument with the – so I will go back and – I'll give history on me. I'm a Michigan basketball and football fan, so I'm like a, a dying. I'm a breeze around here. It doesn't matter. So my friends are all IU fans. It's why I think some of these blue bud jobs are so good because winning, having a a home court advantage, is massive. And UCLA doesn't have one. I mean, if you listen to like Doug Gottlieb and guys talk who like cover West Coast basketball, they talk about Paulie's kind of a dump. Like there's nothing now. The campus. Is I, I don't mind it being a dump though. Like but I like a dump. But 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 I it's do. not even like a but it's not like great facilities. There is no fans or even when Lonzo Ball and those guys had them, TJ Leaf, Lonzo Ball, they're like right. seventeen and two. They were playing a game against Oregon. I think both of them are in the top five or six, and they didn't sell it out. There's too much shit to do in LA for sure. There's no, there's not much to do in some of the other towns that we're about to talk about. But they've if you look back, so this is the nerd in me. If you go back from two thousand eight on. UCLA and Kansas almost have identical recruiting classes. Wow. Like, you don't think about guys that have come through UCLA and, and Ben Howland's three Final Fours back-to-back-to-back to back to back get left out all the time with those guys that were coming through there. Kevin Love, Russell Westbrook, Collison. They had guys left and right in there, too. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's interesting because that could go into a completely – uh, different thing. So that that can lead into a completely different thing about recruiting rankings. Because I mean that could be that that could be its own pod. Yes. Football and basketball, as For far sure. as that goes, is let's get down to who who is actually ranking these guys. Yeah. Now basketball is much a much easier equation to solve than. Um, Dan Dockich always says, "Who ranks the rankers?" Which is so true. It like, is. who holds those people accountable? In a lot of different aspects. So I think that's right. – but if you look at recruiting, my always thing is, like, especially top 15 guys, most of those guys, are like, you know who basketball, they are. Yeah, basketball yeah, especially. Football is a complete inexact science. It's, yeah, but basketball, like, you know that LeBron James's freshman son is going to be a really good player. So, like, that's not nearly as hard. But I think, especially in basketball, you can look back two years later and see recruiting classes that have nine guys in the NBA, which is where – like, if you know a left tackle is fourth in the country, you have no idea. He may never play for Bama. He right. may be at Blinn Junior College in a week. You know what I mean? So that, that's a hard one. But recruiting, yeah, throw that one out. But how hard would it be to recruit to L.A. regardless of your facilities and stuff? 
it they say i've never been to ucla they say the campus is unbelievable i imagine so it's just it it's a huge college town it's a huge college campus it's beautiful it's in the good side like ucla supposedly not in a very good area and then all the history at at ucla ucla or usc usc's in a a bad yeah usc's not in a bad is, is in a bad area but another thing about recruiting on the west coast who are you up against I think that's another big reason why UCLA is such a – it's a phenomenon. The jobs came open a couple of times in the past few years, and it's not been filled by anybody very good. Yeah, that's been interesting. I do think Cronin will do okay out there. They're playing a lot harder for him the last couple of years, but it's such a tough – it's a double-edged sword, that place, for and sure. I, I'm going to tell you one thing right now. You're not going to come in here and badmouth Steve Alford. I can tell you that much right now, buddy. <laughs> So, I did. A little hey. slight hand. I saw you look at my Steve Alford, the 50-minute All-American workout VHS over there. Look into those eyes and tell me that that guy's done anything wrong in his entire life. All right, so I'll go back to that, too. He's also been a guy that's – Iowa's a tough place. But he won in New Mexico. He won. He did all right at Iowa there for a while. There were a few good years. Yeah. He won a couple of Big Ten tournaments. Yeah. Or at least one, for sure, because he beat IU and Jeffries and those guys. So I remember that one with Luke Recker. That's uh, a tough place. Yeah. I mean, he's had success. I think he'll he'll be fine at Nevada, too. Yeah, no, I think it's a, I think it's a really good fit. I just, I mean, UCLA, especially if you're going to get one and done's like that, we talked about this before, part of... Part of being able to develop players is getting guys to stay, and if you're in UCLA and you're you're constantly getting like the long he had he had to take all the balls, which ended up kind of being a disaster in itself. But he had guys in there, but it's hard to get consistency in those places when you constantly are taking one and duns that maybe okay. not be. Okay, so so this is a leading because we could talk about this this all side right. of things all the time. So we we got to check ourselves a little bit so we can get on to other stuff. Fair. But this so the segue to me is coaching because we had an interesting talk off uh, off mic here before we got started. And my point was with IU, school that I love, that I went to. I was at the game last night. The general came back. It was awesome till we played and didn't play well. Um, but I, my, and like you said, all of our friends are IU fans for the most part and all that stuff. And I've always contended that it's not Indiana's basketball tradition, Indiana University's basketball tradition. The state tradition is there for, for all time, you know, with the one class and all that stuff. And me, myself and Meyer got into that the other day uh, on the pod. Uh, oh, actually, we can't play that pod because we've messed up the recording, which is probably what's going to happen on this one too. <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll go back and we'll redo it. Um, my, I've always contended that it wasn't that Indiana basketball had has so much great history. It's that Indiana basketball had Bob Knight. That's lightning in a bottle. It's a perfect yeah, and it's the perfect. It's why he's so beloved. Like, if you go back and look, and it's he's a little before my time, too, because I didn't get to see a ton of it, but went back and watched the 30 for 30 about how much he controlled the state of Indiana. People were fixated on him because of around the state. People just were gravitated so much to him. But, yeah, he caught lightning in a bottle. And I think he, he didn't catch lightning in a bottle. He was the lightning Yeah, in he the was bottle. lightning in a bottle. Indiana University caught lightning in a bottle by hiring a young coach out of Army. In 1978 or 79 or whatever it was. 68. 68, I mean. Yeah. yeah. 
But it's it's similar to like, and you and I both agree on this, Coach K. Mm-hmm. Like the Duke job was very good, but not great. And I think that look at what he's done. All their Duke's basketball success goes from 1990 to present day. Five national championships. I, it's the reason why I think Duke as a program. So people get program and coach mixed up all the time. Duke's basketball program outside Coach K when they hire is going to be a big deal because if he gets a name as successor. It's either Johnny Dawkins, Mike Bray, Tommy Amaker, Chris Collins, one of those guys, where the job, there's no way that job can continue to be as good as it is under him. I don't care what Nike puts in there, how much money they're putting into, and they're paying $9 million or whatever they're paying him. I just don't know that there's any way to make that program it's, stay on the same track. It's lightning in a bottle. Again, I'll keep, I'm going to keep saying that, and you got, the listeners are probably going to get sick of hearing me say it, but that, that's my, my best analogy for it. Lightning in a bottle. But here's the crazy thing. K doesn't survive this day and age with the start that he had there, the first seven years or whatever no. it was. It, not in the internet age. So if he comes along, if, if Coach K is a young coach now and has come along at Duke and puts together those first, whatever, five to six, seven years or whatever, we don't know Coach K as Coach K. He's gone. He's gone. And the only reason he stuck around, I was reading a book about it, I think uh, uh, it was a legend's book. It, it had a lot of really good stories in, in there. Um, but the, really the only reason he is around because his AD stuck with him. It, it's a lot. And that's such a hard thing now because, and especially now with what they're paying basketball coaches, and they want rec- they want results immediately. But here, here's the mistake I think ADs make. And, and, and I could be completely wrong because I don't know a single AD in, <laughs> ever. Uh, in the college ranks, but it seems like knee-jerk reactions happen sometimes based off of message boards, and based. But you have to understand, like I'm on the Tennessee football message boards all the time. I love VolQuest. Shout out to VolQuest. You're I, a sicko. I love it. I love it. Right. But Tennessee puts 103,000 people in the stands every game, every Saturday for however many years that they've done that. And you're talking about maybe every day that I'm on there, a thousand to two thousand people on there, which is a lot, right? A thousand, two thousand, but it's not a lot in the whole sum of Vol Nation. It's Twitter. <laughs> it I mean, is. it's literally like you, seventy percent of people idiot, on there. Every idiot has a voice, and but they're the loudest. That's what's crazy. They're, so, they're the loudest voice. It like when when people start talking about coach on a hot seat. It's literally brought up by message boards and Twitter. That's it. Like it never is brought up. Like, but oh, that's why I think I think like the national writers and stuff are getting the pulse of the program off of message boards now. Yeah, that's fair, because people it's I mean, people are always going to go to those places. Like IU and Tennessee going to sell it no matter. What. Like I don't care who they're playing, right. they're always going to be there. So they have to check it somewhere. And if you search Twitter yesterday after Bob Knight's thing, madness. People are ready to kill this IU basketball team when if they beat Maryland, they're sixteen and four. I know that and, Maryland game was something, else. and it's crazy. Right, right. So, anyways, back, back, back on topic. As far as let's go, let's go next. Blue blood. So we we talked. We've covered UCLA. We've covered Duke. Right. We've kind of covered IU with the night stuff, which is good. Let's let's focus on the three that we talked about that you mentioned earlier when you were ready to go all in two seconds into the podcast. 
And let's let's go back and let's look at them. Name the three again, and then start pick one and start with it, and we'll talk All about right. it. So, I will so go. So these, these are the three. I think that, these are the three that they're not even like competitive. There's those three are separate from everyone else. They're never affected by anything, and they always win. These are the three. Yes. First one I think you have to pick is Carolina because Michael Jordan played there. We don't even have to rank them unless you want to rank them. I I don't. Yeah, I think that's a tough one. I think you go Carolina one. Kentucky two, and Kansas three. Well, Kansas has to be the third of that. And and and, and let me pre- preface that again before I let you go. You saw my sign out there. Pay heed, all those who enter, beware of the fog. We got it hanging high here in in HQ, right? It's a huge part of college basketball. I want Kansas licensing so damn bad because they have some of the dopest shorts from the past with Paul Pierce and Danny Manning and the Kirk Heinrich group and all that. I mean, they had some legit shorts, right? Yeah. But why Kansas has to be third in that group is national championship. For sure. And, and that's where, that's where it all starts. But that's the same trick. That's the same trick with UCLA where we said like, you can't look at the national championships and now I'm completely flipping it and say, but you got to look at the national I- championships, right? So, but, even with that, that that continuity of winning at Kansas in conference, just in conference, twelve straight, it's insane. I think it's thirteen. I think, I think it's thirteen, it is. or but, it was thirteen. But the 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 best thing that ever happened to them was they hired Roy Williams, who was an assistant. I mean, that's that takes absolute guts. Yeah. And then to follow it up by and still Bill Self from a national championship contending Illinois team. Those whatever that is, thirty years of. 30, 35, 40, whatever so, it is. I have a Bill Self story. Really? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to botch it because I, bar- I I vaguely remember the details, but it's so goddamn funny. I feel like I have to tell it. Go. So he went to, where did he go to school? He Where did he play? Do you know? No. He played at Oklahoma State. Yes. Right? So he played at Oklahoma State. And the story, and I'm going to get this, I'm going to screw up the stats on this or whatever. But anyways, it was a senior night, his last game at Oklahoma State. And I want to say, and this this is where I'm a little foggy, he was like two assists away from a triple-double or a double-double or having a really nice game, right? So the the old scorekeeper that was there, like, faked a couple uh, faked a couple assists to him, right? This is back in the day. And so... The, the the legend is that everybody goes out for beers and stuff after the game and or everybody's out on town after the game because they won or whatever, senior night and all that stuff. And Bill Self is at the bar with the, the statistician and he's just sending a beer <laughs> after beer. <laughs> that can't be true. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm telling you, supposedly the, uh, you know, the statistician, obviously an older dude, works for Oklahoma State. And then he's got this senior guard that's like <laughs> at that's the bar, right. like just feeding the beers like, I needed those couple of assists. That's why I said I don't care if my team pays people. I want stuff like that. I love it. But Bill Self always is, is talked about as, like, the nicest dude, the dude that you want to go have drinks with, and like, the coolest dude. And I know I kind of jumped to Kansas when you were wanting to talk Carolina, but. No, but, I, but yeah, like, I think part of being a great program is, like, your importance to basketball. Have you seen Kansas, the facility they built for basketball players? Have you ever seen no, that? No, I haven't. There's a there's a YouTube video from a couple years ago. It's got a barber shop, a basketball court, and it's where all the basketball players live. 
I mean, it is. It's a different. It's like Wildcat Lounge. It's from a Kentucky. Yes, back, from, that was a huge recruiting violation that eventually got shut down, and now every everybody has them. So know? if you look, and I, I, I think went, it was a recruiting violation, or ended up. Being I a recruiting think violation. Graham walks through and does the tour of that place. I mean, it's got like three floors. Yeah, it's it's awesome. unbelievable. Some of that stuff will blow your mind, like, like the Oregon football facilities. Just and that's why. Like, so part of that is the commitment to your program to be so great. And Kansas is that. And they're in the middle of absolutely no. Have you been to Fall Gallon? No. I haven't either. I told my wife, it's funny, a week ago I said, we're going to Lawrenceburg. We're going. We're going. And she's like, why? It's really not that far. I want to go to, my my cousin's been to Fall I want to go for a good one. All right, so we're going to go. In. All right. I know how to do these podcasts now. I set this whole thing up by myself. You saw it here live. (laughs) We're done. We will podcast from Fall Gallon. Ooh. We'll take it in there. We'll get thrown out, but we will do it. We'll make it happen. I'm in. I'm in. Hundred percent. We gotta do it. Let's put it on the schedule for next next season. Let's let's table it next season. Put it on the books. In Done. for sure. Hundred percent. All right. You heard it here first. Carolina, Kentucky. Go, go Carolina. Because you want to go Carolina, and you want to go Carolina one. I, I would I would dispute that. I, Kentucky's always been one to me, I, and I don't know why Carolina would be one to me. Jordan. Jordan and the run, like, I always thought Carolina was so cool. Like, Vince Carter. Like, even, and I hate. That Tar Heel logo is badass. Both of them. All of them. Every every logo they have is amazing. <laughs> I'm not shitting you. I got several <laughs> Carolina posters hanging up in here, too. I just I just like that Tar Heel, man. But I, but I think that, so, they've actually made two hires that have been in the, the last, two of the last four. Mm. With uh, who got the job right Guthridge. after? Yeah, Guthridge got it, which kind of had. But that was be. just an extension of Dean Smith. It's like the Greg. And he went to a Final Four. Yeah, and Matt yeah. Doherty probably puts one of the great Carolina teams together, and then Roy Williams happens to come in, and they're absolutely loaded. Yep. Marvin Williams is the two, the number two pick, and he's coming off the bench. Yeah, I mean that team is just crazy good. But Roy, but Roy Williams, what he's done there. In in the middle of the Duke dynasty, I mean he he's getting those in the middle of of K at his height and what's crazy? I, that's nuts, dude. That's a lot of fucking national championships on one road and, and at the it, same time. And he did it differently than other blue bloods. Like he did it with like junior and senior he, teams, he like very very athletic. So I'll ask you this question. When's the last time Duke won the ACC regular season it's title? It's been a while because I was just looking at that not too long ago. I think it's 2010. They'll win it this year. Yeah. But what's crazy, and you and I talked about Bennett, too. Bennett's won three ACC championships, and you talk about that heyday run. Okay, listen. I wasn't going to get into the IU situation. <laughs> and then you went and brought up Tony Bennett. Unbelievable. And I know, well, the rumor is he passed on the IU job, you know, two times ago. When he was at Washington State. Correct. Yeah. Would have been, obviously this is this is not breaking news, a home run hire. From a basketball standpoint, the Indiana fan base would eat this Virginia-style basketball up. They, it would be a younger, modern version of Knight, Bob Knight basketball. I Did bet. you see when he walked into the Wrights gym the other night? No, I heard he was there. So he went and talked to him. Like nicest guy in the world, sure. unbelievably good human being. But like his teams compete. Yeah, and they like people like nobody wants to watch fifty two forty nine. Bullshit. 
You go 28,000 people at Assembly Hall would watch that shit <laughs> night Nobody in and cares. night out. All day. All day. I've always said he's the perfect fit. Now, it'll never happen because he won a title yeah, there sure. and because there's a lot of backstory about his sister and the, the girl's basketball job. But he would have been... I think there's one other perfect fit for IU and people that think I'm crazy. But he's the per- he would have been the ultimate, and he would have went down as... You win at Virginia, it's great. You win at IU. It's like winning at Madison Square Garden. That, that Virginia stuff, Virginia is one of our schools, obviously, and we, we love Virginia. Virginia. The Virginia stuff is awesome. Like, like that, that fan base was so starved for a national championship. And they had, like, what Ralph Sampson did, like, in the early 80s. That dude was, like, three-time national player of the year. Think about that. I sat next to him three? for two straight Big Ten tournaments for, oh, like, multiple games. Why was he at the Big Ten tournament? His son played for Minnesota. Oh, that's right. And Flip that's Saunders right. sat right in front of us in RIP. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Flip Saunders was in front of us. Ralph Sampson, I didn't know who. I was, like, 22. Sat next to him. 18 size dress shoes. Unbelievable. And he's like still like seven foot two, 195 pounds. Like unbelievable shape. Yeah. I mean, just just a monster. But they got caught in that tobacco road, the ACC, and, and it's just so hard. That's what makes like Valvano winning. And I know there was like a miracle national championship, but NC State having two national championships in the ACC in the middle of all, I mean, I just, it's just so crazy to, it's so hard to win. It's so hard to win. So my friends put me in a chat, we're in a group chat, and there's a gift that says it's hard. And like, because I always like, and I'm a apologist for Michigan and everything. And I've always said, dude, it's hard to win. And like, I get <laughs> so much grief from that comment. And back to Bennett, he's never leaving Virginia. Like he's loved yeah. there. He gave his assistance raises and it's a perfect storm for him, but he—he's—I always—I actually thought his best team was with Brogdon. I actually—I love Brogdon. Brogdon and God, who was else was on that team? But now his 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 consistency is unbelievable. It's amazing. So this book, and I think a lot of what I'm saying comes from uh, John Feinstein's The Legends Club. You should read this. You can take this with you if you want to. Really. Pretty interesting. My dad gave it to me. But it just follows Shashevsky, uh, Dean Smith, Valvano when they were all trying to make it. Now, Dean Smith was the godfather of the ACC at the time, but then you had these two young bucks coming in. But Rick Barnes is in here at Clemson, and you, you cover a lot of coaches and stuff. Really? So the story that, that Valvano tells in there is he gets the job, right? He's an unknown firm, Iona. And he's sitting down, and he and he takes over for uh, Norm Sloan, was the coach at NC State before, who won with David Thompson national championships in like '74 or something like that. So he's at the barber, he goes and gets his first haircut, and he's just talking to the barbershop shop folk, right? And barber's cutting his hair, and he says, "Son, I hope you do a lot better than that last guy did, right?" And Valvano's sitting there saying, like, what the hell? That guy won a national championship. So he just says, he's like, well, I don't know. You know, Coach Sloan did a pretty good job. He said, won, won you guys a national championship here. And the barber said, yeah, he did. But think about what Dean Smith would have done with those teams. So that's what everybody – so when I'm, I'm – I keep saying, like, winning in that era and that, you know – where there were so many great teams and so many great players and so many great coaches, and then for for Valvano to win a national title there, 
uh, for Shashevsky to come in and make his own way at Duke under the the that, like that was Dean Smith had a hold of that whole region. Yeah, he for ran a it. long time, and it's just amazing. How many titles does he have? Dean only has two. I, mean, I say only two titles. Isn't that crazy? But, but when you look back at the teams, you can you can realistically say only two. It's it's just nuts. Yeah, he, he has he has the Jordan jump shot in eighty two, and then he has the Montrose Chris Weber timeout in ninety three. And so my first recollection eighty five. So I I was born in eighty five. So like the Fab Five is my first ever team. I was very very young. My oldest brother's a huge Michigan fan. The reason why I am and a complete idiot, absolute idiot. New father though. Congratulations. <laughs> Shout out to John. But we, we're gonna get John on a podcast. It's gonna be an epic. It's podcast. gonna be wild. But the Rashid Wallace and and that team for me is like how, Stackhouse, how, Stackhouse Wallace. That that team was crazy. Is Jamison after them? So so they could have overlapped. So that that was where I was headed with that. Is they could have overlapped by at least a year, if not two, if those guys don't go pro. So you're you're coming out of the Dean Smith era though because. Because Carter and Jamison, they might have played with for Dean like one or one or two years, but then they ended with Guthridge. All right. And that was the team that Guthridge took to the Final Four. Was the Vince Carter team, Vince Carter, Antoine Jamison team. So that team, Shamon Williams, Ed Cota, yeah. that group. But some of those guys could have over because that was like peak everybody leaving early. Yeah. Uh, but that's when it became in vogue to do that. You so, know, and it be, just became common to do, I should say. That team is like, that run is like the early Duke Thousands run. Yeah. With like Shane Battier, yeah. uh, Mike Dunleavy, Jay Carlos Williams. Boozer, Jay, Jay Williams, uh, Elton Brand, Jay Williams. I mean, whew. So That 99 Duke team was out of control. And, the, and, the, and what's crazy is that UConn 99 team was really goddamn good too. Who so that is the the 2000 UConn team. 99. 99. UConn. Is that Jake Voskel? He was part of it, but I would probably start with Rip Hamilton. Rip, yeah. And Khalid Elamine and Ricky Moore and those guys. See, really good. Like a, like the t- the team part. Of, I mean, th- those dudes were no joke. I think they lost two games. Duke so, only lost one. So crazy thing about that, and I, this reminds me, Calhoun. Yes, crazy lightning in a bottle. Will he be remembered as Jay as we remember Jay right now? A place that's nothing else but basketball, really, to speak of. And unbelievable. If you look at the team that beat Michigan, they're gonna have like five or six good pros off that team. Okay, pros. I should take that back. Yeah. Um, Calhoun's interesting because Calhoun's got a little night in him. A lot of night in him. So, so where is that success? But he would flat out just say whatever was on his mind. When the guy walks up to him and the thing goes, you're the highest paid. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. You don't know what you're talking so about. So I always, I'm always, I've always been concerned about that with Coach Knight, too. Because the the society is going a completely different direction, away from that type, right? And so people want to look back and reflect back and be like, he was this, he was that. But but there's no there's no place. You can't hold them to the it. standards of today back in there because they're just they don't it's, overlap. It doesn't work, and I can we can say that because we lived back then. Yeah, I mean we the '80s is a lot different than the 2020s. 
Yeah. It's different. The same way you say that Coach K would have never made it today, the two greatest basketball coaches maybe of all time in college basketball would never make it in today's game. Yeah, yeah, probably. Because Bob Knight would would have been fired multiple times before. If he would have acted the way yeah. he would, but you know that's all like you can't, you can't the all hypothetical stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. But for that time and that place and that setting, he was what everybody aspired to be. And what's funny is people are going. I don't want people outside of Indiana to just kind of sweep Coach Knight what he did under the rug because of some of the the PC stuff that's not PC anymore. I just don't think that's fair. No. I just don't. But I know a lot of people disagree with that, and that's fine. That's just, you know. It, I, I And I feel like Calhoun is a little bit in that in that range, too. And I don't know why, but I don't feel like he ever gets his just due. Now, I'm sure when you go into Connecticut, Calhoun is he's raved got, about. He's got two and then three. He has three and then they won right after he left. Four. He's really responsible for, you know, responsible as far as putting the team together for that fourth one, too. Now, Ali coached it, obviously, but, you know, it's crazy to think about. So I'm sure he's, like, revered there, but we're here in southern Indiana, and when you talk coaches and stuff, you don't even know Calhoun. No. And then you, then, like, us, people that understand the game or, or follow it and love it, throw it out there, and people are almost, like, surprised that he won three. I said two, and it's, like, three, and then they won the... Right after he leaves. Maybe the worst team to win a national title. Well, that was the worst national title game. It was very. And that's two. That's two ninety nine schools too. But yeah, UConn, I mean, it was just that dude. That UConn Butler game was brutal. But shit, that IU Maryland national title game was brutal too. We, I mean, we've had some real stinkers in the national championship, and then we've had some great, great games. Carolina, the Carolina Villanova where he says bang. Part of it, yeah. I mean, it's just part of it, right? But that, that style, but UConn and Butler both got to that game playing that kind of muck it up. Yeah, Matt Howard. Yeah, and they played it to perfect. And so there was some beauty in that. Yeah. It's, it's the Virginia thing. You know what I mean? There's oh. some beauty in that. Yeah, it's, basketball purist, and people but, that say that they don't love that, like that's crazy. They executed a game plan it's like no one else's business. You gotta look at it from a different thing, but but for a lot of people, it's just entertainment though too. Like I I, I like we we like the X's and O's and that yeah stuff too because it's just uh, the strategy and all that stuff too. It's so. funny we'll never talk about UConn as a top program. They have four national titles since '98. Well, they, they got ninety. They gotta be up there. They're, they're I wouldn't I wouldn't call UConn a, a blue blood, but they're in that second tier. For Are they sure. top ten? Absolutely. Pro job or program? Probably program. I, I that's really hard for me to say. I don't know. The three biggest things that people get mixed up in whenever I do this argument is coach over program. Like Bennett's um, but but okay. So here, let me stop you there. Yeah. We as just like observer fans don't really know what the program is. You don't really know what the powers to be. The, 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 you know, we don't know what makes a, a great program great. Like, yeah, you and, know what I'm saying? And, like, and Connecticut gets bad because the Big East fell apart in front of their face and they've got no choice. Yeah. They're kind of stuck with where they're at. But they're going back. Yeah. They're going back. But it will never be that's the big old, news, damn wood. But it won't be the old Big East, which is like, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. That, that's okay. Like, I, I get that, but that's okay. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the old no, Big East. No, you're right. Because everybody's kind of in a better situation now. Because the Big East right now is still badass. Like no, the Big East is really good. Legit, it's badass, man. 
We're gonna we're going out to New York for the Big East tournament attorney in March. We got some news coming on that too, folks. All right, all right. Let's finish this top okay. ten. Top ten. I forgot what we were talking about. We were going blue bloods. We went from Carolina. <laughs> we can't to go top ten. We're going to cap it at this three that you're talking about. The and three. Then, and what we'll do is we'll make this a two part or a three part. We'll come back and get the second tier or the the rest. What, so are you so with we'll go, why is Kentucky your one? Because they win. They've won like every decade. That's a big one to me. So if you can consistently win, and I'm talking modern era, so let's say after UCLA's dominant run, 70s, yeah. 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, Kentucky wins throughout. And you and I are saying the same thing, but my thing has always been when when shit hits the fan, which which school is willing to put their nuts on the table and go get their guy? Kentucky. Because Cal left Memphis when they played for a national title. And they're like, whatever it costs. But that's a no, it's a no-brainer, and that's no disrespect to Memphis. When Kentucky comes calling, you answer the call. Yes. But, but also... When Kansas comes calling, you answer the call. When Carolina comes calling, you answer that phone call. There's only five phone calls in that, in that, I, in that I think. I, I, those three for sure. Who are your other two? I get killed because I don't think Duke's a top, but but when no, Shashevsky, Duke, Duke is one hundred percent. It's got to be one hundred percent. Sorry, I forgot about Duke. Indiana, I think Indiana. Yeah, but, but, is, okay, so here's the thing with Indiana, though, right? Is that Indiana did call a lot of people in these last two coaching hires, and people did not pick up the phone, did not did not take that call, and did not take that job. So I th- I almost feel like it almost gets knocked down a little bit because. We've seen it recently, and people aren't falling over themselves to take that job do you know for they, whatever reason. Do you know who they hired over, who they picked Kelvin Sampson over? Kelvin Sampson would have taken us to multiple Final Fours. No, Kelvin Sampson had that place rolling in a matter of <laughs> – it's why I always say it's a top five job. Houston rolling. He's a great coach. Kelvin Sampson can coach his ass off. Yes. Period. Do you know who they who they picked Sampson over? Who? Guess I don't know. I, I I can't even put it myself back in the time. John Beeline. Yeah, and Beeline's a uh, Beeline's awesome. He's my absolute love fest. The best developer of players this 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 era's ever seen. Beeline's the man. But I love Beeline at West Virginia. Kevin Pitsnoggle. I loved it. Like Kevin Gancy. He would come out there with these dudes and like run one three one traps and, and never ran it at Michigan. Literally couldn't never run ran. it. Because uh, I couldn't wait to see it. It was I so bad. Games like, come on, man. Novak was playing the Novak was playing the bottom. <laughs> Stu Douglas up top. Two Indiana players were just very, very, very. They ended up turning Michigan basketball around. Yeah. But Stu Douglas played, or I'm sorry, Novak played like the big. It was like a six foot four from Chesterton. Like great shooter, but ended up playing the bottom. And that yeah. was a different world. Beeline's the man. But I think IU. Is that job because of the the fan base is nuts? Yeah, rabid and starved for success now. Yes, and you have what Indiana basketball is. I think is a little bit of the talent in Indiana is a little overrated. When you talk about like the collective of Indiana basketball, the whole state and like how it is. No, you did not. Oh, don't get me started. Illinois Illinois basketball twice as many NBA players as Indiana. Sure, that's Chicago. I mean, they have Chicago. We don't. Don't come into H ninety nine HQ and start shitting on Indiana. I'm not. I'm just Indiana saying Indiana basketball talent because I think it's really good and I think it's been really good for 
decades. Yes, it's really it is really really good. That that's why that job is so good. And Illinois has so much talent next door, and you're not really fighting against anyone in Illinois. Like that's the that's the well that's that's been that's been the University of Illinois's problem is they haven't been able to get the Chicago talent. And Underwood is an yeah. absolute dog, by the way. What do you mean? He's unbelievable. Yeah, he he's been great. He's been great. That was the. That I love seeing that though. I see. Okay, so this was ninety nine is done to me. Like you know, I'm an IU guy through and through, yeah. right? But it's turned me into a fan of so many different teams. So now I'm just kind of like a basketball fan. I'm so a coach I, fan. Like I almost just root for everybody. I'm like man, fuck that shit was good, man. See, I'm good a coach guy. I'm a coach guy because I'm like that guy can win at this different place. Like it's the perfect fit though. Underwood won at Stephen F. Austin at a high level. Sure. Then went to Oklahoma State, started out 0 6 in the league, and got to the tournament. Right. And then took the the Illinois job and brought Antigua with him. So if, like, if, if you can coach, you can coach. But that coaching stuff is awesome. Like you just respect the shit out of good coaches. For sure. Because it's not easy to win. Like we've been saying, it's really, really hard. But there's only a handful of guys who haven't have titles anymore. Like, right. if you look at, like, what college basketball coaches have done, there are almost no national titles left. Isn't that crazy? Because if you take out... I take mean, out Kay and, and Roy. Take out Kay, Roy, and then uh, Jay Wright has two. Yeah. But Cal has one. Uh, uh, Self has one. Self has one. Uh, Bennett has one. Izzo has one. Izzo has one, which is crazy because he rattled off. 11 like, Final Fours. Yeah. He rattled off like eight and ten years. The crazy thing is his teams have been to the Final Four and, is, and haven't even been great teams. Like he's had some average teams get there. Like be like ten-point underdogs and they lead eight and just somehow – that team they that they – the Michigan State versus Carolina when they played the first game of the year and then they came back, that Michigan State team's one of the most overachieving teams. Yeah. They ran into a buzzsaw. But there's only a hand – because you think like all these guys have left now. Billy Donovan's out of the league. Patino's out of the league. It's just the coaching. It, it's Bayheim very hard. Has one. He's still in it, but he's he's. But you talk about so you take Bayheim, uh, Roy, and Kay. I mean, those guys are up in their seventies. Yeah. So I mean, they're not going to be a long, uh, around long. So I mean, somebody's going to have to come in and start eating up national championships. I mean, Jay Wright's obviously been phenomenal you have to think bennett has a long career ahead of him and probably will get another one at some point you know yeah but again who's to say i mean you could be done at one and one is nothing to sniff at like <laughs> bill self will go down as one of the the great coaches in this generation and will have one national title and maybe the luckiest national title with a with a three but but okay so i hate that lucky shit like i hate it because fortunate, you know, I shouldn't say lucky. Is there you go, fortunate. Because Virginia's title last year was very, very fortunate. Have you watched the thing on the ACC network about the, like their title run, like those VHSs that I have lined up here? They have one that runs on the ACC network on the Virginia one. No, I sat down here and watched it, and it had like tears in my eyes at the end of it. And I'm like, man, that thing really got hold of me now. Down there. But then I'm like watching it. I'm like, how did they win that game? All right, here's my bold claim. How did they win this game? Here's my bold claim before I'm done with this. Chris Beard will be the next coach of a great blue blood. Well, that's not that bold. Guy makes $4.7 million. Jump change nowadays. I know. If somebody wanted Beard, if somebody at blue blood calls, goes calling and wants, wants a guaranteed winner, it's him. Thanks, that was, that's That's your guy. 
Angelo State Division II program and then went to Arkansas Little Rock. They're, they're like BPI, whatever the thing they use, like 300, 296, 296. He goes there, tournament beat Purdue, and then takes the UNLV job for a month and then goes to Texas Tech where no, I love guys who win who, places. Who did he understudy under? Oh, Bob Knight. Come on. You guys love that. You Indiana <laughs> people eat that up. The general. <laughs> But He's Chris, back. But Chris Beard won at Texas Tech where no one wins at. Bennett won at Washington State where no Who one else wins won at. at Texas Tech. Who else did a pretty Bob Knight got to a sweet 16. Bob Knight won some games at Texas Tech when Texas Tech wasn't even on the map. Yes. but that, So that's always my almost, argument. Almost took that Andre Emmett team to the Final Four, too. That's my argument why, why Chris Beard will leave because one of those blue blood places – is worth going there for because you can win even when you're not great. Well, at some at some point, you know, it's really cool to say like I'm a head basketball coach at Indiana University, or you know, like that's an ego thing. Yeah, and those guys are ego maniacs. Oh, they have to be. That's what makes them great. Like, you can't not be a, a huge ego maniac and be great and at that crap. You just can't. No, and they grind to get there. Like that's the For that's sure. none. Of, very few guys in coaching have ever got there by just being. And, and ego doesn't have to mean flashy. I don't mean that no. at all. But you don't think Tony Bennett believes in himself that Tony Bennett can go to any program in the country and win? For Absolutely. Sure. Yes. Before the national title. Oh the yeah. Final, he knew what he was doing. Yeah. The crazy thing is that people questioned him a little bit after the sixteen because they didn't score enough. But he also lost a pro right before that, too. I mean, Hunter got hurt that yeah. in the ACC tournament. You saw how valuable he was. He's a freak. <laughs> He's awesome. He's awesome. So, All right, so so Kentucky, have we, have we talked about Kentucky? We kind of did in a roundabout way. Kentucky, man, you look at back-to-back guys. I mean, the two long – I guess Tubby was there for a while. But Patino – He won a national championship. That's true. Tubby won a national championship there. He's won a national championship and been run out of like his last three places. Kind of a little unjust. But but part of that speaks to the greatness of Kentucky too. And I think Tubby's a good good coach. I think Yeah, know. he's won everywhere. But Kentucky just wins. They win every decade. They just do. It's just what they do, man. I got the night Patino's teams are silly. Yeah. Cal's teams. I don't think he gets enough credit for taking a brand new team every year and they almost get better every single year. Well, I think he, I think uh, he has to share in the blame of the new year, the new team every year. I think that's maybe why he doesn't get get credit. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. It's like, well, well, you're actually the one that's creating that team to be that new every year. You, uh, that's the narrative, is what yeah. I'm saying. I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm just saying that's what it is. I think what he does is amazing. Unbelievable! It, it is amazing. I don't think but he, all these guys are incredible. But Every guy that we talked about is is incredible. But he doesn't get enough credit for his talent evaluation. He never whiffs on guys. Almost never. Yeah. And then, granted, he's picking from like the pick of the litter. But like, look at the five stars that he's had come in there, and like name name five bad ones. Yeah, it's hard because I don't really like follow him closely though. You know what I mean. Get a Kentucky fan in here; they might come up with a few. Is Kentucky a nineteen nine school? No, not yet. 
with with the we we got close. We got really really close. yeah. We got really close. So. You're talking about fighting with something like these blue bloods. Like they are, the the licensing's got to be crazy, right? Yeah, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. We'll get there. I we'll like there. it. <laughs> we'll get there. We got some really good schools, man. Oh, incredible schools. I'm going to go on a shopping spree. That's yeah. what I do. I just come to the old and basement. that, folks, is why I invited him down here to do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I got about 17, 19, shirts, I think. I have one on now. Creighton. All right. So here, here, here's the deal. We're going to wrap this up because we're probably way past our time. I don't even know what time it is and when we started. And I don't even know if this shit's recording. But we'll have you back. We'll do this again. So we'll look at, like, that, that next group. Because that would be fun. It would be fun to just keep coming back and doing it one after another and just kind of going to the ne- next group. Because I think that's when the arguments can kind of start. Or yeah, the, the three the are in argument. You can't argue. You know, you can't really argue too much with what was said today. Maybe you can pick it apart a little bit. We got some listeners that will pick us apart. I'll get that's some, fine. I'll get some emails here. But that's 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 cool. It's Dan Wood's 11 on Twitter if you want to come at it. I didn't tell you you could start coming on here and plugging your shit. You'll cut it out if you need to anyways. <laughs> no, hell no. I barely even knew how to get the mic started. I don't know how to cut this shit. <laughs> All right, brother. I appreciate you coming down, man. We'll do it again. Love it. Thank you for listening to the 199 Podcast with HVS, the high-volume shooter. For more information, check out the blog at 99.com under HVS. And while you're there, do yourself a favor and pick up some retro college shorts. Thank you.